Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Animal Addicts podcast, our final episode of the first year of podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who's been listening. We can't wait to dive into a whole new year of awesome animals. Speaking of awesome animals, today we have another dog breed, some American favorites, and as always, our animal of the week. Episode 52 of the Animal Addicts Podcast starts right now. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new zoo... Of animals, because mm-hmm. the zoo is where you feature animals. Yeah. That one worked out finally. Also, it's the final letter in the alphabet, and how amazingly did that work out? Because what else is special about this episode, Casey? Oh, oh, I put him on the spot. He's looking for the answer. I don't know. It's 52. How many weeks in a year are there? Oh, yeah, 52. 52. This is our last episode of our yeah. first full year of the podcast, even though we're confusing in season one. You know, season one ended 10 months we do 10-month cycles for our seasons. Sorry, mm-hmm. that was confusing. Anyway, but yes, now we have officially been doing the podcast for an entire, well, I guess technically the next episode is like yeah. starting year two. But this is our last episode of year one, which is so crazy. And hopefully soon, <laughs> we will have an announcement mm-hmm. to make. But mm-hmm. not doing it until it, it really, truly exists. So anyway. Mm-hmm. So Casey, <laughs> what have you been up to since last I saw you? So basically because I do nothing but... Recovering still. Mm-hmm. I've been watching the Gold Cup and Shark Week. I'm, oh, the Gold Cup, it was Euro Cup last time. I was like, yes, how it was, long is this freaking thing? Euro Cup ended and so did Cup Opa America a while back. And now it's the Gold how Cup. How many cups are there? There's quite a few. Asian Cup already finished. Qatar won that. Euro Cup, it's not Euro Cup, it's just called Euro 2020. And Ireland won that. Which I'm happy what? about, because <laughs> has nothing to do with Ireland. It's just the fact that the other finalist was England. <laughs> oh, you still like England? No, I specifically their coach, because oh, oh, like no, passionate. like the last Women's World Cup when U.S. beat England, mm-hmm. and like you know how like soccer players they do their like little celebrations, and one of them did like this British person drinking tea, and he was like calling them unprofessionals, like oh stop, shut up. <laughs> It's like your players do the same shit when they score a goal. Don't even give me that crap. So I just despise the coach and want England to lose. Wow, okay. Also, my anti-UK sentiment. Well, also, sorry (laughs) listeners from the UK, of which we definitely have at least a couple. (laughs) I still love you. Also, I'm hoping to go visit you next (laughs) year, very briefly. Anyway, that's a different thing. Um, But also, maybe not you, because I don't know where you live, and that'd be really weird, but just like your country. Okay, anyway. (laughs) I needed to comment on something else. What? No, just because you said comment you, you not see you because that'd be weird because my sister watched this video where a guy was told that over in Canada they just leave their front doors unlocked. I would believe that. And then he proceeded to go open their doors. Oh, he tested it. <laughs> and they were unlocked, I bet. Yes. Yeah. And like the family was like, what are you doing? <laughs> 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 
so funny. Said, I was at a test Yes. Yeah, that's happened. I had my parents, like, where they live is pretty safe, and they leave their door unlocked sometimes. I don't know mm-hmm. they do now, but they used to. And at one point, my dad left keys on top of the car. The car's still there three days later. Oh, God. Anyway. Um... Okay, but I got lost. I don't know where we were. I'm oh, talking about, so. Ireland beat England. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Ireland. Um, well, obviously, I want Ireland to win because those are my people. Yep. Um, yeah, so that happened. And now it's the Gold Cup. And they just. What is the Gold Cup? Gold Cup is North America, Central America, and Caribbean. Oh, my God. This is like our podcast. Like, it's such <laughs> an, I feel like it should be like. Sections and then like the international one. Yes. Is it what is it? Is that the World Cup? It's so or is the World Cup, like, the Euro of... Cup, the Euro twenty twenty, um, Copa America and the Gold Cup are all technically international because they've all teams from different nations. Um, but in different the, world, of the world, yes. Okay. And they fall under different federations, and then they will have their own qualifiers for the World Cup, which is the big international competition. Okay, but doesn't that not happen every year though? Or does no. that happen every year? No, World Cup's every four years. That's what I thought. So that, yes. to me, that I think of that as like the Olympics. Mm-hmm. But then also there's an Olympic team. Yeah. This is very confusing. Also, yes. when you said Federation, I immediately thought of Star Trek. So <laughs> I giggled at my nerdiness. Anyway. Yes. Um, and anyway, yeah. the, the group stages are done, and now it's the knockout rounds. And U.S. is playing today against Jamaica. Women's or men's? Men's. Okay. Women's. I don't know what goes on. I never hear about it. Um, the women's soccer team is the best. I uh, know. That's why I root for them every yeah. four years in the Women's World Cup. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, I'm rooting for U.S. <laughs> Go USA. Yeah. All right. Well, that's exciting. Um, and then um, yeah. there was also Shark Week, which... Mm-hmm. How was that? I didn't watch it. Better than some other years. Yeah, some years is really lame. I just, yeah. I've had no time. Yeah. But Chris um, Hemsworth was supposed to be on one of one of the shows. This year? Yeah. Did you not see him? No. I think he went swimming with sharks or something. It might have been on Discovery Plus. I don't know. It's part of Shark Week, though. Yeah. I, I just saw that, that he's going to be swimming. He's like, oh, he's hanging up Thor to go swim with sharks or whatever the whatever hmm. that ad said, but yeah. I have no time to watch that stuff, so I'm like, okay, yeah. that's cool. There were some stupid shows, of course. <laughs> like, yeah. one of them had Jackass. <laughs> like, the people who used to do the Jackass show? Yeah. The Jackass show, yeah. wow. <laughs> so, I did not watch that one. No. Because I don't find what that. What are they even doing? I don't know, but apparently Trying they... Trying to get to bite them? Like, what What do they even do with Well, them? he jumped, did something to do a jump, and then fell in and a shark bit him. And he had the to get stitches. The shark is yeah. probably like, whoa, my God, you're falling on top yeah. of me. Did he literally jump a shark? <laughs> That's a film reference. Yeah, I know. Film and TV reference. Uh, you there... know that reference? Yeah, jump a shark. <sighs> I'm like shocked. <laughs> Do you know where that came from? No. That was way before your time. Mm-mm. It was Happy Days. Oh, when the Fonz jumped a shark, and that's what it now means, like, when you run out of ideas, you jump a shark. Oh. And what the show's doing is jumping the shark. Yeah. Anyway. But um, Tiffany Haddish was the host this year. Mm-hmm. And I like the shows they do with – I find it funny they say hosting Shark Week, and it's like you have one show. <laughs> that's all you do. Yeah. Um, but hers was um, – she was look, having them look at um, shark reproduction, which was funny. Okay. And interesting, so they got, like, a sonogram – of a pregnant shark and they could oh, see the jaw of a baby shark. Is. 
Yes. Oh, the little baby sharks. Yeah. They're so cute. Oh, yeah. God, why did I say that? That was awful. And the hippie sharks. Don't. <laughs> went in my head. Yeah. And um, Tiffany Haddish is just hilarious to me. I don't know. I feel like I'm not. I'm not that into her, but I haven't seen yeah. her that many things. So yeah. maybe I just need to see her more things. Yeah. I'm like, I don't really feel yeah. the appeal here, but like, okay, everyone mm-hmm. likes her. That's cool. Anyway, all right. Well, that's fun. So, anything really good on Shark Week? Or I like there was one about um, hammerheads. They were researching them in the Caribbean, the Bahamas specifically around Andros mm-hmm. Island because in the summertime there's no hammerheads in the Caribbean, but they've been spotting great hammerheads in that area, and they were looking as to why they might be hmm. interesting <laughs> well that's that's fun mm-hmm. i remember um when because comic-con usually happens in july mm-hmm. which usually kind of coincides with shark week well shark week is usually in july it just doesn't always yeah. coincide with comic-con but they had um like giant shark week i don't want to say booth but like oh. little area outside one time, sad times, no Comic-Con. Even oh. though I haven't had actual tickets in forever. And the outside stuff has gotten really lame. It used to be awesome. But anyway. Yeah. Um, I would I feel like I would, I don't know, faces like Comic-Con, it's like I feel like I would have a mental breakdown and anxiety attack. It is so, they used to be so fun outside. Like Comic-Con itself is awesome because mm-hmm. the panels are awesome and like officers, the, the floor though, yes. Mm-hmm. Like Disneyland, peak hours, like so crowded. Um, but... But, like, outside, they used to have so many cool... There was the year, like, four years ago now, they had, like, the Assassin's Creed obstacle course that I really wanted to do, but I didn't (laughs) want people watching me fail at it. So... I would be perfectly fine people watching me fail. Yeah, it's... mm, Anyway. I want to end up on YouTube. And then there was one, and I was so sad one day because I was wearing a dress, and there was one where you could jump off of, like, a three-story thing into one of those giant, like, um, air shoot type things that they do for, like, big stunts and stuff. I wanted to do it so bad, but I was wearing a dress, and I was like, God damn, I want to do this thing. It would cost, like, so much money to just jump off a thing, but I'm like, how fun. Yeah. Yeah. And they used to have so many cool things outside, but then it's just, it's gone downhill since then, and now it's just hot. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, but I digress. <laughs> um, okay, so you did uh, the, well, you've been watching things, basically. Yes. There's not much else you can do when you're recovering. I know after my surgery, I was, like, watching, listening to, like, monk, um, what are those called? Oh, my God marathons and stuff like that anyway monk marathons monk the original usa show so good tony shalhoub oh yeah yeah i hadn't watched it in like forever because it hasn't been on forever and i was just like oh i love this show anyway um but i figured um i had brought them up before and i should let people know because sometimes this is the happiness you need in the world because there's so much bad news and i like facebook for animal videos and other things for animal related things and I feel like there are some groups you need to know about on Instagram um, that you should follow to make your life happy. I think number one, I'd be shocked if you've not heard of this one yet, Cats of Instagram. <laughs> I think I basically got Instagram for Cats of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like when I first got it, and I'm not super active on Instagram anyway, um, but I, when I first got it, I think I was following like a couple friends and Cats of Instagram, and I was like, Cats of Instagram every time. This is gold. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the little, I should share that for like, in case you missed it, the little kitten who discovers he has four feet? Yes. <laughs> I love him so much. Oh my God. And then someone sent me a TikTok video of, um, of this little like black kitten and he's like, you know, at play attacking, but they have Roxanne from Moulin Rouge playing in the background and it's so dramatic with this little kitten, like, bum, ba-da-da, and he's like attacking I've and backing up. It's so cute. multiple iterations of uh, cat videos on TikTok where it's like a replication of the... 
Sim, not Simba, Mufasa and Scar. Oh, the, the real life Lion King. Yes, I and it's like, like go. brother, help me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the game, and then the cat just falls. Uh, there's one that's great because the one cat is black and the one cat's orange. Yeah, they're on the mattress, and then the one cat's lying down, and the cat's like, no, yeah, <laughs> he falls. Anyway, but I guess it's more Instagram specific. But just in case you don't know, they exist already. Cats of Instagram. If you're not already following them and you're on Instagram, you must. They're amazing. Also, as I've mentioned before. The San Francisco National Airport, International Airport Wag Brigade. Their their handle is SFO Wag Brigade, yeah. and um, and they're awesome. There's a, there's a bunch of doggies. I think someday I'm actually gonna like talk about them and talk about mm-hmm. their doggies because they're pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, of two of the Wag Brigade members that I follow, just in case you're interested, Tristan underscore French Bulldog. He's a little um, paraplegic. Frenchie, oh. we have pictures of him at the beach all the time with his little wheelchair, and he's wrapped uh. his little wheelchair, and he does pride with his little wheelchair, and he does all the awesome things. It's so cute. They all, yeah, I don't know if they all do, but a lot of them take place, like the Wag Brigade takes place in pride. Oh, yeah. And it's just so cute. Uh. Oh, my gosh. Especially like Lilu. Also, the other one is the pig. Lilu underscore SF pig. Um, she's the only piggy in the um, San Francisco Wag Brigade, and they just deck her out, and she's so cute. Anyway, and then, of course, if you did not know about this one, UPS dogs. Basically, it's UPS drivers, and when they go and deliver, they just take pictures with not always dogs, but <laughs> usually dogs and just pets they meet along with. Sometimes mm-hmm. there are cows, like goats, all kinds of things, and it's just so cute and wholesome. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just suggest those are things that bring me happiness. Follow those to make yourself happier on social media, because most of the time it's just we want to cry at our d- horrible world. Anyway... But yeah, um, I, I, I don't know of a segue to this, but I guess we should just talk about things that we want to talk about because no segue. Nope. Go for it. Yes, I'm going to be talking about bats and moths. Bats and moths? Yes. Fascinating. Why? Because I like bats and moths. Okay, I thought you were going to jump into your story, but okay. I will now. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't Crazy want natural transitions. Up. We okay. don't do that here. We do awkward. Yes. Do we do, what kind do we actually do, Casey? Hawkward. Oh, my gosh. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. Yes. It does not count as a pun, by the way. No. <laughs> oh, lordy. <laughs> so this actually came from an interview that I found in Scientific America. Mm-hmm. So research has revealed that some of the adaptations that result from the evolution, the evolutionary arms race between bats and moths, because bats use echolocation to locate and hunt for the prey which includes a variety of flying insects including moths Mm -hmm. that makes sense yes and over time bats have evolved more sophisticated echolocations for locating prey and in response moths have evolved defense mechanisms against their predation so would batman go after mothman i don't know okay i think mothman would kill batman i don't know mothman's powers I don't know. He's a cryptic creature, or is there a superhero of super? I was definitely referring to <laughs> okay, thank- superheroes. I'm pretty sure there's a Mothman. Is there? Maybe it's just the Moth. Maybe I'm crazy. See, I know Mothman because I like watched Lost tapes back in the day, where like showed like cryptic Lost tapes and uh, like cryptic creatures that killed the filmmakers and stuff. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and one of them was Mothman because if you see him, you die. <laughs> Nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. You're into those kind of things. That's right. I'm. I'm weird. You like horror types. So yes. That's right. I'm, I can't. Horror nights, baby. Dude, I want to go. I miss. I miss Bill and Ted's okay. Adventures. Okay. So my bad. and my sisters are going, 
and we're like doing it early as possible so mm -hmm. we don't have to deal with hopefully as much crowds. <laughs> it may be a bad omen on which oh, day we picked because it has to be a weekend because that's all the day where we're all off. Yeah. It, it's 9 11. Wow, they do it that early? Yeah. Wow, I don't remember. I used to have passes there all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm just like sad because now I feel like all you have are the mazes and the tram mm -hmm. because they don't have any of the shows anymore. Mm. Did they do any show at all? Because they used to do Bill and Ted, which was like over half the reason I'd go. Oh, that yeah. show was amazing. Mm. It was always hilarious. And then um, they used to do Slaughter World too. Mm -hmm. um, but they haven't done that in forever and the Bill and Ted they ended a while yeah. ago. So like, I don't know. I don't think I want to go there to stand two hours in, in maze lines. I like them, so. There you go. It's how, it's how I determine what is fun, which is what it's important. <laughs> okay, anyway, sorry, totally took you on a rabbit trail. All right, so back to the, the moths have developed yes. some um, defense mechanisms. Yes, okay. so a new study found that one adaptation moths have evolved is the scales on their wing. Because okay. these scales are able to absorb sound, including sound in the ultrasonic frequency, mm. which is what bats primarily use. use. Okay. Mm -hmm. And these scales are made of chitin, which is a carbohydrate that is the main component of the exoskeleton of arthropods like insects and crustaceans. Okay. And researchers found that when the scales are hit by an ultrasound, they resonate with a frequency that matches the bat's sonar. Oh. Yep. It also turns out that the scales on their wing come in a large range of sizes and shapes. So these different scales resonate at different frequencies which allows the scales of the wing to absorb a large range of frequencies that may be emitted by the bats of various different species. Hmm. So does this basically make them invisible, essentially, to a bat? In theory. Okay. Yep. It is still unknown how effective these scales are at helping the moths hide from predation out in the wild, but models from the study show that it should provide them with a significant advantage in avoiding bats. Okay. Yep. And predictions from the experiment indicate that the only potential solution for the bats would be to increase the amplitude of their echolocation, or in other words, make them louder calls. <laughs> scream, bats, <Yes>. scream. <laughs> All right, interesting. Yep. But yeah, that's one thing you'll learn in like evolutionary biology classes is like the evolutionary arms race between bats and moths is one example. Oh, okay. I was going to say like predator-prey just in general or like just those specific? Well, predator-prey is one of the causes of evolutionary arms race. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's fun. What other evolutionary arms races are there? Sex. Oh. Better ways to do it? Yeah. Okay. Like, um, the various ways, um, animals, like, sperm competitions so males can prevent other ones from mating with a female. Okay. Like, they can secrete certain secretions that plug up the female's opening. <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right. Well, bats and moths. Look at there, moth. Mm -hmm. You're just you're like a little chameleon, and you just yep. it's like a cloaking device. Good job, moths. <laughs> all right. Well, since we have five weeks this time, I figured we get a bonus one of these because I realized I meant to do a dog every single month and then just throw in the other ones for like extra fun. Mm -hmm. So we're doing two dogs this month to make up for the fact that I did not do one last month. And I didn't even ask Casey, not that I usually do. I just decided this one because I love them because they're one of my favorite dogs in the whole world. <laughs> and I am, of course, talking about the Rhodesian Ridgeback. They're just the greatest. Okay. The way that AKC, of course, we're going to AKC because 
we, we love we love the crazy dog we people we love this stuff um, <laughs> and they just give actually very succinct information you can find it quickly um, oh, actually while I was watching the qualifiers for the gold cup for some reason the AKC show is also on that sports channel really? yes because one because of the games ended okay. and then that started <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yeah all right. Well, I like watching dogs no matter what. All right. So, the Rhodesian Ridgeback, they, AKC, classifies them as dignified, even-tempered, and affectionate. I will definitely say affectionate. Even-tempered? Um, even-tempered for the most part, although you don't want to piss off a Ridgeback. We, so I was going to say they go after had, the lions. Yeah. Um, we always had big dogs, so we also could leave things unlocked all the time because no one's coming in your yard with mm-hmm. big dogs. And we had one Ridgeback that we got from someone, a friend of a friend who couldn't keep him anymore. He's a Ridgeback mix. Such a good dog. But he looks scary, but he's definitely one who would, like, lick you to death, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. If someone actually, like, tried to, like, hurt one of us, then he might go after them, but he was so sweet. Anywho's. So... Really quick, I realize I haven't been doing the read standards because it's kind of ridiculous, but I should probably describe kind of what these dogs actually look like. I realize that's something mm-hmm. I've been lacking. But follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, and you'll see pictures of them. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so Ridgebacks are kind of like a tan color mostly, and they have this, they're distinct for their ridge that goes in the opposite direction. That's mostly what stands out about them. Um, anywho, so we're going to go into the, oh, also, Casey, where do you think they rank on popularity? Out of 200, only out of 200. 36. That's close, 41. Ah. Anyway, so let's see here. Uh, we'll, we'll do this part first. So the Ridgeback is an all-purpose renaissance hound whose hallmark is the ridge or strip. Strip? Oh, they said stripe. Stripe of backward-growing <laughs> hair on their back. Though the breed was made famous in its native Africa for its skill at tracking and baying, but never ever killing lions, <laughs> today Ridgebacks are cherished as family dogs whose owners must be prepared to deal with their independence and strong prey drive. Okay, so our Ridgeback never went after our cats or anything, but we did live the side of our house, like the wilderness there. I called Coyote Hill because constantly coyotes mm-hmm. up there. They do not give a shit that you were <laughs> there. They're scary coyotes in, in the boonies because they're used to people, and they're like mm-hmm. the size of German Shepherds. One day... Because we would open our gate and the dogs were out and it's a pain in the butt to have to go put the dogs in the house, come back at the car and go in. And one of our dogs was well trained and she would wait. He was not. <laughs> so, but he would like make a run of our entire perimeter. So when he took off, you could open the gate, get the car in and close the gate before he'd make it all the way around. Mm. But sometimes he would fake you out <laughs> and he would run and then come back and like, ah. And one time we did that and there was a coyote up on the hill and he went after the coyote. And I was like, please don't. Please don't go fight a coyote right now and then have an entire pack. I don't want to deal with this. Anyway, so they will go after things like that. But they never went after our cats. So I don't know how how much I feel. It's just a prairie drive. Maybe he was like, you get away from my house. <laughs> Anywho. Um, <laughs> here we go. All right. Beneath the Ridgeback's trademark ridge is a whole lot of hound. Ridgebacks are fast and powerful athletes who can weigh between 70 to 85 pounds and oftentimes more. They come in only one color, Wheaton. Wheaton? That's what they call it. What's Wheaton? Wheaton, Do you approve? Um, Which spans every shade seen in a wheat field. I love the AKC so much. Who wrote this? Um, Okay. From pale flaxen to the burnished red of a maturing crop. (laughs) I love it. Ridgebacks also have two nose colors, black and the less commonly seen, brown. The formidable Ridgeback can be strong-willed, independent, and sometimes domineering. Ridgebacks must be guided with a firm but fair hand from puppyhood. 
They are faithful friends, protective of their loved ones, and meltingly affectionate with those whom they trust. Still a Ridgeback can be too much hound for the novice dog owner. So I'm not going to go too much into the history because they have like a whole, it's <laughs> a lot over here. But essentially, so Ridgebacks were a, I'll start with the beginning of this, I guess. The Ridgebacks is a unique creation of Southern Africa. Wow, that was really, I don't know why they worded it that way. It's a unique creation of um, Southern Africa resulting from crosses between the native Ridged, I don't know how to pronounce this, Khoikhoi? Khoikhoi. K-H-O-I-K-H-O-I dog. I might have to look at that dog. I don't know what that is. Koi koi. Sure. <laughs> I'm uh, wrong. An European's breed bought by the Dutch colonists. Oh. The Boers, which I am not familiar with, including greyhounds and various terriers, and the infusion of native koi blood gave resulting generations a resiliency against local pests such as setsi flies, T-S-E-T-S-E. Setsi flies. Okay. Fly and um, as well as an inborn knowledge of how to navigate their new African environs and outwit its deadly predators. Anyway, so it goes on more into like, you know, the people who did the stuff and started making stuff, yada, yada, yada. Um, I guess I should actually read that part. Fine. Mm-hmm. In the late 19th century, big game hunter Cornelius Van Ruin from Rhodesia incorporated. I thought you were going to say Van Pelt. I know. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyway, incorporated two ridged greyhound-like females into his pack of lion dogs, he found that their ridged offspring excelled at confronting and confounding the king of beasts, giving the hunter something. <laughs> giving the hunter... <laughs> Gave the hunter something? Yep. Time to sight his rifle and dispatch his prey. And the dogs were also successful at fending off other dangerous animals such as leopards, baboons, and trotting effortlessly alongside horse-mounted riders all day, Yada, 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 more stuff. And they could bring down antelope and stuff like that so people could eat. So basically, they were bred in South Africa to help hunt lions. Not to actually take down a lion, but to, like, like most hunting dogs don't actually take down prey. They just go and, like, you know, confuse it. Terrify it, really, is what they do. And then then someone kills it because that's a thing that should be happening. Anyway, um, but they are really great pets for sure. I I loved ours so much. She was so great. Um... I'm trying to find the stuff about them. There we go. Okay. Um, they're highly, um, excuse me, they're generally healthy dogs and responsible breeders. I'm going to care about that stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so basically recommended a health test for these guys are hip evaluations. Pretty much any large dog you have to do that and elbow evaluations. Um, as far as grooming, there's not too much these guys. They do have a short coat, but they do shed. So regular brushing to help do that. They're always going to say, of course, do the nails. That's always a thing. Gazoon tight, maybe? I'm not sure what's happening. <laughs> I'm good. Um, there are athletic dogs. They want a moderate amount of exercise. They definitely do want some exercise, but they don't have to, like, run around like crazy. They're not insane. I'm not even getting to training. Train every dog. All dogs need training. Um, we didn't do much training with him. He was not great at, um, at listening and staying when we drove the cars in. I can tell you that much right now. But, um, but they're really awesome doggies, and we'll have a picture, of course. And I just love them. They're so beautiful, and their ridge. Ours didn't have a really distinct ridge because he was a mix, mm. but they are cool with their, their ridge. Yeah. Anyway, they're wonderful doggies. Yeah. Remember correctly, them. it's a dominant trait, actually. Probably. It would make sense. But anyway, they're cool dogs. They're oh, good nothing size. makes sense in genetics. <laughs> they're good <laughs> size, and like that's, that's probably one of my favorite breeds, like... Labs and probably Ridgebacks. I like mm-hmm. Goldens, but I could not deal with all that hair. I like Pits. 
I, the, no, you can't have, the problem is you can't have anything remotely breakable. Same thing with Ridgebacks. Ridgebacks and Pits both have that tail yeah. that will break you. It Like ours, our Ridgeback mix, I had this dollhouse that my great aunt had made for me. And he was just walking by happy one day, just broke the awning clear off of it. Just because he was happy and he was wagging his tail. I'm honestly surprised that hasn't something, at least that I know of, hasn't happened like that with my aunt's Great Danes. Because, okay. like, when they're happy, it's Those like, pop, pop, Yeah, they pop, hurt, pop. and they hurt. Yeah. Especially pits. Pits are even worse. Their tails are even worse. Also, pits are just so excited and clumsy. So I feel like they just run into everything. And the nails get you because they mm. like to jump, and they just get excited. And I've gotten caught by teeth by them because mm. their mouth is just open when they're like, ah, I'm so excited. But, yeah. Um, but Ridgeback's Labs mm. are my favorites. And then, obviously, mutts are really, truly the mm-hmm. best. My but last anyway. dog was a Sheltie Shepherd mix. Yeah, that's interesting. Yep. All shepherding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was funny. Everyone in the neighborhood thought he was this mean visage dog because at our last house, he was in. we actually had a backyard, so he didn't see people walking by. But then we moved, and he would just bolt and start barking at people. It was like he could not hurt a fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants a ray from balls. From what? Balls. Oh. Like okay. we would try to play fetch and he was like, nope, Runs go the other way. It's like not happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, Duke, my parents' dog, likes to chase the birds. And if not the birds, he likes to chase their shadows. So that's fun. <sighs> but then also now they have a king snake living out in the yard somewhere and he has found it a couple times. So now they have to go out and look for the snake before they let him out so he does not go harass the snake. <laughs> <sighs> oh, fun times. Anywho's. But, um,. I don't really know how to go on to... We had a Ridgeback mix, and I lived in northern... I said California, which is a lie. Northern America. That's where I was supposed to go. Yeah, yeah, that's un, that is unfortunate. And, um, and, you know, childhood-ish, teenagehood, I guess, one thing, one activity that we, we like to do was sit in our pool with a floaty over our heads because it, it, in the evening... The bats would float down, <laughs> float down, they don't float. They fly down and drink out of the pool. I was wondering where that It can't be was healthy because there's chlorine in it. I don't mm. know why they kept doing it. But anyway, so we would hang out. Some of my friends were freaked out by that. But oh, yeah. it was really fun to just hang out in the pool and they'd all like dive bomb down and like it was so cute. When I was camping in Rancho Oso, there was this just an open field next to the lodge in the yeah. campground. I would just sit in, in the field and look up and watch the bats. They're so cute. I love them. Anyway, but it was my turn, my, oh my gosh, my turn to choose our topic this week. And I chose our favorite Central or North American bat. And then proceeded to choose something that apparently, well, when I was looking for it, it made it seem like it was in Central America, but apparently it hasn't been since the 80s. So whatever. I really wanted to figure out what the bats were that were at home, but I couldn't figure it out. It was very frustrating. Probably a little brown bat. Maybe. I don't know. But these are so cute. Yeah. Okay, but Casey goes first. Tell yes. us about yours. So my favorite bat that is in North America. Wow. It's the lesser long-nosed bat. Okay. Yes, yeah, so its scientific name is Leptonicturus Yababune. <laughs> okay. Yababune. Yeah. It's sure. Range includes the arid regions of Mexico and the southwestern U.S. in places such as the Sonoran Desert. Mm-hmm. It is a small species bat that is only about 7 centimeters in length. Okay. And has a wingspan of about 25 centimeters and weighs about 23 grams. Okay. 
and it is a pollinating species that feeds on pollen and nectar of various night-blooming flowers that are found in the desert ecosystem. It lives in Mexico during the winter, then follows the nectar trail following all the flowering pl- cacti and agave to Arizona and Mexico. Nice. When this bat feeds on the nectar of these flowers, it picks up a lot of pollen, and it is not uncommon for these to just get completely covered in pollen. It's Aww. very funny. If you Google it, that's one of the first pictures that pops up. How cute. Yes. This behavior makes them very important pollinators for the eco- and ecosystem engineers for the desert ecosystem, which, due to not having a great biodiversity, doesn't have very many pollinators, which makes them even more important. That would make sense. Yes. The flight behavior also makes this species important because their feeding involves both long and short distance travel, which permits gene flow between plant communities that are separated by large distances. Hmm, okay. And this helps promote greater genetic diversity of desert plant communities. They are also economically important species because they pollinate agave, which is what tequila is made from. <laughs> That's why you chose them, isn't it? No, it's because they're pollinator, okay. important pollinators. <laughs> But that's just a fun fact, and I like tequila. <laughs> it is listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List. Back in 1988, the bat was listed as endangered species, and there were less than 1,000 left. Now there are approximately 200,000 from 75 roost sites. Wow. Mm-hmm. The species was officially delisted back in 2018. Major threats include habitat loss due to the tequila industry and agricultural development. Uh, oopsies. They are more susceptible to threats because they are specialists in the desert ecosystem and because they migrate, so very much seasonal what they can feed on. Mm. And other North American bat species have been under threat from a fungal disease called white nose syndrome. And basically what happens is when bats get this and they're hibernating, it makes them wake up very frequently when they're supposed to be asleep, and that ends up killing them. Oh. Yeah, This hasn't been found in this species as it prefers colder and more humid conditions. Mm-hmm. But the, it's still an area of concern since there have been mortality rates of up to 90% in roost sites of other species. Wow. Yep. Oh, my. Yeah. In the book, The Sixth Extinction, they talk about it with regards to, I think, little brown bats. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Poor little bats. Yes, it's a big problem for bats. Oh, the babies. Mm-hmm. All right, well... I chose the tent-making bat. They're so cute. I can't wait to share a picture. Um, their scientific name is Roderma bilobatum. That is amazing. I definitely <laughs> read that as Bilbo, too, but bilobatum. Uh, they range as far north as Venezuela and down to northern Paraguay. When I was looking stuff up, I definitely searched Central and North American bats, and they <laughs> popped up, so that was a lie. But apparently they were before. Anyway. Down to Paraguay, um, and as far west as Peru, and as far east as Brazil. They are 59 to 69 millimeters long. They weigh 13 to 20 grams. They are frugivores. We know that term. Species of bat. Oh, I'm sorry. They are frugivorous. <laughs> species of bat. Um, meaning that the bulk of their diet consists of fruit. They will also occasionally feed on pollen, nectar, and some insects. Being a frugivore means that they are important species for seed dispersal of tropical plants as well as being a pollinator for some plants. They get the name tent-making bat, this is so cute, because they will roost in groups and when they do, they chew a structural, they chew the structural veins of leaves and it causes the leaves to fold down to make a little tent for the bats to like (laughs) camp under. It's so cute. 
I fell in love with them. I was like, I have to. They're so adorable. <laughs> anyway, so you just look. It's like a little, it's like a batch of bananas. Yeah. But you look at it's a little batch of bananas. Oh, so <laughs> cute. Anyway, okay. Um, anywho, during certain times of the year, this species will form harems, which consist of one male and several females that occasionally will have young. Sometimes they will share the same tents. <laughs> So cute. But are also known to use separate tents while living in these harems. I need my own room. <laughs> um, some researchers suspect that the tents may be a resource that is defended by the male bats. I mean, it protects you from the weather. It does mm-hmm. all kinds of great things. These bats also have a striped face. Also that. They're cute. Yep. On top of that, they're cute. Um, mm-hmm. They have a striped face, which may serve as a form of disruptive camouflage while they are in their tents. <laughs> I can't. I'm just imagining, like... Camping tents and the little bats just like unzipping. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Too cute. Um, okay, go back to it. Can't watch there in their tents. The species is listed as least concern by the IUCN Red List, and the population is currently stable. There is not any known substantial threats that may threaten the species' survival at the moment. So it's because they're smart and they live in their little tents. They're so cute. I cannot wait to post a picture. I hope I can find a good one because they're just so adorable. Once I discovered that was a thing, I was like, done. Mm -hmm. So cute. Anywho's, so those are our favorite sort of Central and North American bats. (laughs) We'll say American. We'll say American bats. Covers everything. Great. America. America. (laughs) Um, Wrong America. Anyway, so that, um, yeah, that covers those. And uh, what was I, oh, oh, and Casey. Yes, Allie. Um, I have to scroll, hang on. Oh, lordy. Why do bats make such good friends? I do not know. They're always happy to hang out. I should have known. Okay. Anywho, that brings us to our animal of the week. Yes, it does. And our animal of the week this week is... The greater sage grouse. The greater sage grouse, which I know nothing about. <laughs> Tell us about them, Casey. Yes. So these guys come from the order Galliformes. Mm-hmm. It's a bird. Also, yes. grouse, most grouses are birds. Not most. Uh, not the <laughs> most. <laughs> a grouse is a type of bird is really what I should say. Yes. Okay, continue. They come from the family Fascianidae. Fascianidae? Like they're fascinating? Okay. Well, it's pheasants. Oh, that And grouse. Okay. And the species' scientific name is Centrocircus Eurofascinianus. Yep. <laughs> These guys range from southeastern Alberta and southwestern Saskatchewan down to Nevada and as far west as northern California and east as north and south Dakota. That's a pretty big range. Yes. As the name implies, they live in sagebrush plains. Okay. Mm-hmm. The lifespan averages about five to seven years. And they are, in fact, the largest species of grouse in North America. And they do display some sexual dimorphism. Okay. The males average about 66 to 76 centimeters, whereas the females are about 48 to 58 centimeters. Mm-hmm. And can weigh up to three kilograms. Okay. They are primarily herbivorous. They will feed on sage leaves and buds, but their diet changes based on the seasons. In winter... Primarily, it's the leaves and the new shoots that come up from mm-hmm. the ground. Whereas in other seasons, they will eat leaves, the flowers, the buds, and several other plant species. Mm, okay. They will occasionally feed on insects for protein, but they are unique among grouse in that their digestive tract is not adapted to digest hard seeds. Oh, okay. Yes. So, seed dispersal ain't their forte. 
As mentioned earlier, they are sexually dimorphic, which is also seen in their coloration. Females are drab cryptic coloration that provides them good camouflage. Mm -hmm. Or as the males have a gray crown on the back of the neck. The chest is brown and poofy, <laughs> with the middle having white fluff which hides the esophageal sacs. Poofy and fluff. <laughs> Great. Okay. Yep. What are the esophageal sacs? They're... I'll explain it a little okay, bit. Okay, okay. And the tail feathers are longed and taper. Oh, okay. To a point. And they are a lecking species. What is that? <gasps> you forgot. Oh, no. Last year we talked about a lecking species. The ptarmigan? No. The ptarmigan? It was South America. Oh, the um, cock of the rock? Yes. I don't remember what the lecking species was. That was also like our second animal. <laughs> Yes. So a lek is basically a certain area where mature individuals meet for breeding and displaying all their good stuff. It's the club. Yes, it's the club. Okay. Which I haven't been to in a long time. No. <laughs> so in breeding seasons, the mature individual will gather at these sites. And at these leks, the males will put on a display to try to attract the females. Their display involves strutting and tail fanning. Okay. And the more interesting aspect of the display involves inflating their esophageal, esophageal sacs, mm -hmm. which fill up with air, then they bop. <laughs> like into each other or they're just dancing? They're dancing, they're strutting, <laughs> and they're showing off their sacs. Okay, whoa. Okay, it's, yeah. They're fluffy. It's yes, they're yeah. fluffy. And the they're also these gular sacs, which are an olive green color, which are normally hidden but then get exposed when they inflate like, their... Out? esophageal sacs as well and they do that to try to impress the female it's very impressive yes they also make a flopping sound which sounds a bit like a rock being dropped in water as they release air from the esophageal weird yeah. yes they also serve as an indicator species for the health of the sagebrush habitat as they can be used to determine how well other off animals other, I did it, eh? mm -hmm. How well off other animals are that rely on the sagebrush may be doing, such as pronghorns and songbirds. Okay. So the Canadian population has been listed as endangered by the government. The main threat to this population is loss of the sagebrush prairies. In the U.S., it has been extirpated from New Mexico, Arizona, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. But there are some stable populations in Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho. Okay. Mm -hmm. They are listed as near-threatened by the IUCN Red List, and the population is currently in decline. Some of the major threats include habitat loss due to cultivation of crops like wheat and potatoes. Mm -hmm. And they're also losing habitat due to development of natural gas. Mm. Well, exploiting natural gas. <laughs> yeah, it's not natural gas is false. No. And several protected areas have been established to preserve the species, and many groups have been established to minimize impacts of natural gas exploitation and to implement other conservation plans. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Well, that is the, the what is it? The Greater sage grouse. Greater sage grouse. They sound grouchy. Grouchy. They do. Yeah. All right. Well, there's our animal of the week, the last one. Yes. Of... Well, not 2020, but, like, also it's not 2020. Oh, my God. I'm. We know that year never ended, really, did it? Um, nope. <laughs> the last one of our first year. Woohoo! 
And that brings us to our last challenge yes, of the first does. year. And I have no idea what's going to happen. I feel like it's not going to be good. I don't like the way that looks. <laughs> Are these like true or false questions? Like what's happening over there? So. Okay. It is the Olympics. It is. By the time this airs, I don't. Oh, no, they'll still be on. Yeah. Yeah, because yep. we're behind. We're mm -hmm. behind because we had to. I, if you yes. Also, if you don't follow us on social media, do because you were not aware that this did not get released. Well, the previous one didn't get released when it was supposed to. We're recording both at the same time. That's the point. Yeah. Anyway, okay, moving on. <laughs> yes, so it is the only time of the year where I'm patriotic as fuck. Okay. <laughs> so I made America quiz. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Yep. <laughs> There's one other one that's not really related to America, but I decided to throw it in. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So main theme is America, the animals around it, and places in All it. All of the Americas or, like, what, the United States? North America in general, but okay. primarily U.S. Okay, okay. So... I will give you, I'm trying to determine, I'll give you 10 minutes. That's, okay. I although I don't think it'll take you nearly that long. Probably not, and I'll probably fail most of it anyway. Yes. So, I did not make a grading scale. Okay. <laughs> so, if you give a 10 or above, you're a true American. Okay. If you get an 8 or above, then you're a pseudo-patriot. Okay. And if you get 7 below, you get deported. Wow, even though I'm a Native American, not a Native Pat, it's terrible, I'm not a Native American, even though I was born, I'm a non-naturalized citizen. Yes. <laughs> All right, okay, well, let's get this thing started. I can't wait to fail it. All right. And get deported. Can I get, can I choose where I get deported to, since this is my home country? Can I choose where I nah. get to we'll send you off to Cuba. That's, that's a great way to be right now. Okay. <laughs> Continuing on. Yep. All right. So, I'll start the time when I finish reading the first question. Mm-hmm. When did the California grizzly bear go extinct? Oh, God. I should not because I looked at the other thing. Um, I want to say the 1800s. Do I have to have an actual year? I will give it to you if you get it within, I'll say, 10 years. 1880. I have no idea. That is incorrect. Okay. Mark Daniel. <laughs> wow, yelling it. Okay. What U.S. state has the most endangered or threatened species? I should know that, and I don't. I'm just gonna say. I also I panic and I go fast, but the truth is I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna say Florida. That is incorrect. Okay. What state has the highest biodiversity and most endemic species? I want to say Florida, but it's probably not right. <laughs> this is the most invasive species. Um, endemic to only that state? Yes. I don't know. I'm going to say Florida. Can I just answer Florida straight? It's like answering C. I'll say Florida. I don't know. That is incorrect. Okay. And there is a bonus. I won't tell you the state because I want to be surprised. But what percentage of species from that state do you think are threatened? Um, I'll say 36. You are very close. Wow. So I'll end up giving it to you anyway. Okay. <laughs> when did the bald eagle gain federal protection? Oh, I feel like I should know that. When did they almost wipe them out? Um, I don't really remember. I'm going to say the 19... 
30s. I do not know. You are within 10 years, so I'll give it to you. Yay. It was 1940. Okay. Which state has the most extinct species and has the highest risk of extinction? I don't know this, but I'm just going to say California because we made our freaking state animal extinct. <laughs> that is incorrect. Okay. What is the largest animal native to the United States? The largest animal? Yes. Um, I feel like it has to be a moose or something like that. Like a moose or a bison. I literally asked who was bigger, too. I should know which of those yeah. is bigger. Um, I'm going to say a bison. It's probably wrong. That is correct. Yay! What state has the most invasive species? Florida. Yes. <laughs> Now, here's the one that's not America really at all. It's because the Olympics are in okay. Tokyo. What is the national animal of Japan? I don't know. Um, uh, it's probably something cute because I do so many cartoony type things. Um, I'm going to say a crane. That's not really cute, but I'm just going to say a crane. That is incorrect. Okay, great. Now, which state has the largest white shark population? Um, aren't they kind of like all over the place? White sharks go like all over the place, don't yes, they? Yes, but there's certain areas where they're much more dense. I'm totally getting deported. Um, I mean, I just hear about it more because we're here. I'm going to say California. That is correct. Okay. Now there is a bonus. Okay. Name one region with one of the higher densities. One I have talked about before. I'm not going to remember. Um, I know San Diego has had a few, uh, quite a few, um, at least encounters. I don't know if they're here. Um, but I feel like it's not San Diego. Are we doing like a county? Is that what we're going off of a region? Or like southern or northern? Or... You can go with the region above a certain location. Oh, so like say a city and above that? <laughs> Technically, if I said above San Diego, like all <laughs> <of> California <laughs> is above San Diego. <laughs> um, One I place is not that far from here, I actually. Will, I will just say, uh, I feel like that's too high. I'm going to say Santa Barbara. All right. I would actually have to look at a map, but that's not what I put. Okay. <laughs> So, what is the most widely distributed mammal in the United States? Oh, that I should know. I do not. <laughs> I know that the white-tailed deer is like everybody's freaking state animal. So, I feel like they're basically everywhere. Um, bobcats are also freaking everywhere. There's a lot of things that are all over the place. What are we talking about? I'm just going to say... I'm going to say the white-tailed deer based on the fact that it's a gazillion states' state animal. That is not correct. Okay, great. What is the largest raptor in the U.S.? Who's bigger? Are eagles considered raptors? Yes, eagles okay. are raptors. Um, I should know who's bigger. Oh, well, hmm, they're not considered raptors. Condors aren't considered raptors, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're not birds of prey. Yes, what they are birds of prey. What is the distinction? 
competition for raptor anyway. I don't really know. Okay, well, then I'm going to say the California condor. That is correct. Okay. Now, how many... Last question. Mm -hmm. How many cat species are in North America? There's not that many. You expect me to get all of them? No, just guess the number. I know, but I'd have oh. to, like, know what they are. <laughs> Well, really, that's also the bonus. I feel like this is going to be close. <laughs> oh, so for the bonus, I have to name them anyway, so I may as well try. Yeah. Are we, okay, are Florida Panthers considered different than no, the No, uh, they're just lion? a cougar. The same, okay. Yeah. Okay, so we have mountain lions in North America, mm -hmm. jaguar, ocelot, no, yes. Yeah. Ocelot, yes. I almost said a serval. <laughs> <laughs> Bobcat. Mm-hmm. Is the lynx up in Canada considered a bobcat, or is it separate? It's a separate species. Okay, so lynx. I don't know what are they called. Canadian lynx? I think they're Canadian yep. lynx. Um, there are more cats, because we were looking at them earlier. But obviously, Ocelot's my favorite. Um, is the Margate, does it make it all the way up here? It does not. Is that considered a cat? I don't remember if that one's considered a cat. I'm going to say... I'm not going to get all the rest of these. Um... I'm going to say that there are seven. You are very close. Is it eight? It's six. Six. Oh, damn. Oh, I almost had all yeah. of them. Who's the last one? The Jaguarundi. Oh, that's what I was going to guess. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> all right. So let's count this up. Okay. It's not good. I'm definitely getting deported. Yeah. So Deport one, me to two, Australia, three, please, four. because I feel like their climate is one I can handle more. It's six that you got correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's go through Is that the including one. with the bonus to help save me? Yeah. Okay. So, the California grizzly bear went extinct in 1924. I, I don't know why it is that. I was yeah. thinking that too. I'm like, it's probably like the early 19s. And the U.S. state that has the most endangered or threatened species is California. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That would have been my second choice to Florida. Yeah. And the state that has the highest biodiversity and most endemic species is also California. Oh, so it's just California is what I should have done down the ballot. <laughs> okay, great. Yep. Bald eagle got protection back in 1940. 30% of species in California are threatened, okay. by the way. And which state has the most extinct species and the highest risk of extinction is Hawaii. Oh, that makes sense. Yep. Okay. You got the largest animal is the bison. Most invasive species of Florida. What is the national animal of Japan? It is the Japanese macaque. I never would have gotten that. Yeah. <laughs> and now you did get which state has the largest white shark population. The regions are Channel Islands, oh. where I have been, mm -hmm. and north of Point Conception, California. Where's Point Conception? I don't know. <laughs> Pull that up. Okay, I'm pulling it up. I know, continue. that's why I said I had to look it up. You can continue, but I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that. It's probably a surfing spot. Santa Barbara! Santa oh, Barbara! You did get that one right, so you're at seven. It's a, head, a headland <laughs> along the Gaviota Coast in southwestern Santa Barbara County. What? Yeah. Seven! Yeah. I'm still deported. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Most widely distributed mammal in the United States is the American black bear. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. And you got the largest bird of prey is the California condor. And we went over that there's six species of cat in North America. The bobcat, puma, 
Canada, Lynx, Ocelot, Jagrundi, and Jaguar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it wasn't terrible. To be fair, yeah. I don't think that most people would have gotten getting, would have gotten <laughs> most of those correct anyway. Yeah. I also, like, I, after I said Florida, too, I was like, it's probably California because California has so much development yeah. that everything dies and everyone wants to live here. Yep. No. The track is My sister it. made this, um, oh, by the way, back to the China Islands. Mm-hmm. I might have mentioned this before, but when I went snorkeling there for my field studies course, mm-hmm. my professor did not tell us the day before we went out snorkeling in that area that there was a white shark sighting. <laughs> mean they'll go after you no i just found it funny that she didn't tell us um but yeah we also went kayak we had a kayak over there and there's also this rock that we went around and there's a bunch of seals over there yeah not not a great place to be for many animals really everything goes after them (laughs) Mm -hmm. anywho's all right well um i mean i did about as well as i thought i would honestly i'm kind (laughs) of sad i didn't go with my gut and say jaguarundi because i would have had the um I would have had the cats in the bag. Ha! Anyway. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, Um, especially if you've been listening from the beginning. um, Love you. And um, thank you for everyone to listening for our first whole year of podcast. We kick off the second year, but into second season already, obviously. (laughs) Um, Next week, as we go into the Atlantic Ocean. And we will, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to episode 52. As always, for your host, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast.